Welcome to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast, where we explore the spirituality of the Christian child using the method of catechesis of the Good Shepherd. I am your host, Carrie Mecki Lozano. Today, we have a dear friend of mine on the podcast. Her name is Autumn Domingue. She was also my formation leader for both level one and level three. Autumn is also a spiritual director and a life coach. And so her and I dive into the beauty of the ministry of spiritual direction. What is it? What does it look like? As well as how our work with children, especially in Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, has a lot of parallels with the ministry of spiritual direction. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Autumn, to the Good Shepherd and the Child podcast. I am so excited that you have joined us. Hi, Carrie. I'm so glad to be here. Autumn, would you tell us a little bit about yourself and your involvement with Catechesis of the Good Shepherd? Yeah, sure. Um, Well, I'm the mother of three and the grandmother of two. (laughs) I've been in this work for about 25 years. You know, I'd like to say it's the source of my ongoing transformation. Mm -hmm. Um, trained at all three levels and then went on as a formation leader. I'm now a formation leader for all three levels. And um, in the other part of my life, I'm a life coach and a spiritual director and also a supervisor for spiritual directors. We live at a summer camp for boys, which is a very interesting kind of uh, (laughs) narrative that goes on in my life. Yeah, so that's that's me. I remember, it's probably around the time you and I first met that you would say something like, you go to lunch with like 300 boys every day. <laughs> yeah, I usually call them little men because it sounds, yes. I don't know, more fun, more juicy. <laughs> <laughs> well, Autumn, can you tell us what is spiritual direction? Yeah, so spiritual direction is this beautiful ministry in the church um, that involves deep listening. And it's really, it's it's two individuals coming together as companions. You know, I don't mm-hmm. really like the term spiritual direction because it sounds, I don't know, it doesn't really describe the relationship well. Mm-hmm. But really, it's this hopefully when it goes well, a long-term ongoing conversation about the directee's life in the light of their own faith. So it's really a a process of um, inviting another to self-discovery and to help them name where God is moving in their life and in their journey. And what would be the goal or the purpose, the growth that you would be wanting to obtain as you were going through the process or journeying in through spiritual direction? Mm, how long do you have? I have a lot <laughs> I could say here. Um, a livelier sense of God in your life, mm. greater authenticity, meaning, and purpose, um, more hope, more love, more compassion, um, a deeper trust in God mm-hmm. and in self. I mean, I could go on forever. Yeah, I, I just, I find it to be um, truly for me the richest source of seeing and knowing God. Mm. Like helping you identify 
God in your own life? Yeah, the crazy thing that happens is, um, and I learned this early on as a spiritual director, you know, you're listening, but oftentimes there's things that are given to you gifts of faith, hope, and love that you could never have imagined um, unless you sat down with this one particular person at this one particular moment and heard their story. Hmm. So you as the spiritual director, God is speaking through the directee. To me. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) it's a beautiful dance that takes place. Um, Oftentimes, spiritual direction is called, um, or it's referred to as the art of spiritual direction. Mm. And that, to me, most closely um, describes what takes place, you know, between the director and the directee. Well, what drew you to this, to this art of spiritual direction in your life? (laughs) Well, it was sort of a turning point in my life. Um, I would love to tell you it was this long, incredibly full discernment that I really Uh um, put in front of God. But I was, um, I had finished my master's at Aquinas in uh, Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. And I uh, got really sick. And I feared that I would not be able to teach courses any Uh longer. And so I thought, you know, what is it I could do, um, even with the health issues I was dealing with? And lo and behold, I went back to become a spiritual director. I went back to Aquinas um, and found another great love in my life outside of CGS. Well, it's interesting because I feel like these two great loves, they have so many similarities. Like what you were just saying with with us as adults, if if we journey with a spiritual director and the different growth that it will happen in our lives, I feel like those are a lot of the same things that we see in the children whenever we're walking with them in the atrium as well. Yeah, it's amazing. The intersections that I have, um, the intersection of these two could not be more intimate um, mm. in terms of how, what we're called to you know, the, the nature of contemplation as a practice. And when I say contemplation, I mean like leaving gaps, mm. choosing not to judge, yeah. um, holding what is said um, sacredly, trusting silence. Yeah, I, I could, again, I could go on and on about all the different ways the two ministries um, align with each other. So the same way that like with the children, our role as the adults in their life through the, through catechesis of the Good Shepherd is not to just sit there and say, well, when Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is like the mustard seed, he meant mm-hmm. you guide people in the same way in spiritual direction. You're not. Yeah, that's beautiful, Carrie, because it makes me think, you know, the church recognizes that Jesus is present in the Eucharist and that Jesus is present in scripture. Mm-hmm. And we also recognize that Jesus can come to us in our lives. And so really it's like looking at the parable of our lives. Ooh. Yeah. What has God been saying in these moments? Yeah. And you think about the incredible beauty that comes forth, forth when we can really simply present a parable and get out of the way mm-hmm. and allow the children to speak to us 
about what God is saying in that parable. You know, that was Jesus's method. Right. And it's the same in spiritual direction, though the parable is the stories of an individual's life. What an interesting thought to um, to use the parable method and, and apply it to our lives in that way. I've never thought of it that way. That's, mm. that's really interesting. Yeah, that's the heart of contemplation, the heart of cultivating people who can pay attention and be curious and wonder, how is mm-hmm. God moving here in your life? Or how is God speaking to us in the parable. What I find really interesting also about that parallel is it's almost like in some ways we are forming the children to be able to apply that method to so many areas of their life. Mm. Um, You know, like whenever we ask these wondering questions with the children of what did you hear? And then what could God be saying to you through this parable? And we've done that with them from three to 12 years old. So, um, I think it's kind of like breathing to them at some point for some of them, whenever they get into the level three atrium to where when they get older and they encounter those parables, they are able to kind of naturally go through those movements. Mm -hmm. But what a beautiful thought for them to have naturally go through those movements when they have things going on in their life as well. So in a way it's like we're forming them to be able to apply that parable method um, to everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I think about the mystery of that and hold it. You know, the mystery of um, the child and the mystery of the adult. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in Catechesis of Good Shepherd, we say it's where God, the mystery of God meets the mystery of the child. We can say the same thing about spiritual direction. It's where the mystery of the adult meets the mystery of God. Us as adults, we move so fast. I mean, we could say that about the children, but I think in a different mm. way, we adults move fast. I think we mentally move fast right. and have so much going on. I think another beautiful thing about spiritual direction, both in the, like a formal setting, like whenever, if I were to sit in front of you and we would do spiritual direction, or in an atrium type setting, which is what we allow for the children, those pauses, like you were saying, like being comfortable in the silence. Mm allow us to actually ponder like you're saying those mysteries the mystery of the child and god and mystery of god and the adult Um, but it takes those moments of us forcing ourselves to slow down and to stop in order for us to recognize the movements of god that are right in front of us and i think Mm -hmm. that's one of the gifts of spiritual direction as well is it's us literally carving out time Mm -hmm. to pause right because in our time and in our culture, we live in this perceived crisis of time. Mm-hmm. We, the mystery of time is deep and vast. If we are to move towards union with God, this is what I believe. We have to take the time. It's a time to be with God in the mystery of silence. And that mirrors what we invite the child to. You know, I like to use the... <laughs> The phrase um, when I'm teaching courses, wait for the pregnant silence Mm -hmm. or wait through the pregnant silence. Um, And that is a lot of what I I try um, as best as I'm able to facilitate in spiritual direction, 
to invite people to go inward and to really hear God speaking to the to them individually. And then the second part is to trust it, uh, to take that in and fully trust it. And I believe in the atrium we are um, beginning that process with children yeah. to help them know the inner teacher in a way um, that can be rooted in their unconscious in a way, because it's in those deep embedded memories, those spiritual memories of our early childhood, often that we live out of as adults or we rediscover as adults. Montessori says, we must take on the work of self-transformation. And she was speaking as a Montessori guide to Montessori guides. But I think it applies here. It applies to the catechist that sits with children. And it certainly applies to those wanting to take a deeper walk, to take a step towards greater union with God through the artist's spiritual direction. Mm-hmm. She also says, <laughs> I love this, we are to intervene only when it's really necessary. Yeah. So, you know, very often when I am working with the directees, I use that principle. Because oftentimes when you're listening, you're like hearing the Holy Spirit come forward. Hmm. And some of the discipline of being a spiritual director is to know when to speak. (laughs) Mm -hmm. It's like that saying um, in Good Shepherd, you know, prepare the environment and get out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. And for the child, the environment is the atrium. For the adult, the environment is the inner world. Like how do we help create a safe place where we can simply get out of the way and the Holy Spirit can take over and animate the conversation between us. It's almost like as a spiritual director and the way that you prepare the environment is the creating the safe space Mm. so that the person feels comfortable um, going into that inter self yeah, going um, and deeper. encountering the Holy Spirit, but it it is especially as adults with all of our wounds and our walls, um, it does take a safe space in order for us to feel like we can dive deep, and so um, you prepare the environment by creating a safe space. What a beautiful parallel! Yeah, I think our world today tells us we we have to make um, sad things happy, and when we do that, it's sort of like a a little bit of a violence to ourselves yeah, because it doesn't allow us to invite God into that and heal it. Well, I just believe that God is always urging us towards healing and wholeness and peace Mm -hmm. and trust. Um, And I think that's a big part of what I do as a, a director is to invite people into that. And just like in the atrium, you know, and Sophia always talks about, you know, the atrium is this combination of, of joy and seriousness. And I find that in spiritual direction as well. Because, I mean, I have laughed harder and longer 
in spiritual direction sessions than anywhere else. And I've also felt, um, well, anywhere else, including the atrium, I would include the atrium in that as well. Like, you know, I have enjoyed and been enjoyment with children in that deep way. And there's also the serious side, you know, the seriousness of um, holding someone's sacred story and inviting them to go deeper. And in the atrium, you know, there is, Sophia says, I think in religious potential one, you know, the atrium's more Lent than Easter. <laughs> there is a seriousness. In the listening to God with children, Gianna talks about the atrium being like a retreat. <laughs> mm. Mm. So in some ways, so it's like that. But at, at a retreat, that's where you encounter Jesus. And you see where he's moving and you have the growth in the internal like awareness that you're talking about. So it makes sense that both of these environments that you're talking about, spiritual direction, spiritual direction and the atrium, having that joy and seriousness that you encounter in a retreat. Yeah, it's beautiful. It is beautiful. And it makes me kind of, you know, I, of course, I'm, I'm very in love with this method of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd for both adults and children because of what I've seen it, it foster in both adults and children. But looking at it in this light where our encounter with children in the atrium creates these spiritual direction moments, it makes me kind of love the method just a little bit more as well. And it also makes me think for all of us as adults with children in our life, how much we need to look inside of ourselves in order to be whole adults for them and the desire for spiritual direction for for us as adults with children in our life so that we can so that we can be the best version of ourselves I guess for ourselves and for them yeah I think I think yeah the difference um is what comes naturally to the child is not so natural to the adult you know, this, this notion of being open and peaceful, that's hard for adults. Slowing yeah. down, that's hard for adults. And so what I, the way I see the spiritual direction session is, is like a break in that, a pause, a moment for um, the adult to really pay attention and to kind of comb through their experiences, like look, go on a search for how God is moving. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can tell in my own life and in my own self-discoveries that I have had about wounds from my past or, or and from those wounds, lies that I believe and different things that I've had to work through, I have I can see a thread in my life and how those wounds and lies have affected me and have influenced decisions that I've made and influenced how I've behaved with other people and, and how then that affects other people. Like, Oh, I, mm-hmm. I used to be very concerned with wounding my children and I kind of had to come mm-hmm. to peace to the fact that I am a wounded person. So it's, I'm going to wound my children. Um, but the best I can do is to, to heal myself, mm-hmm. to become a more whole person myself. My, my dear friend Gabriella, 
who was on the podcast way back at the beginning, she once said to me, I was talking to her about Annabelle, one of my daughters. I was like, oh, I see these different, these wounds in Annabelle. What do I do? Like, you know, she's just a little girl. And Gabriella in her wisdom said, you have to heal your own wounds. <laughs> if you heal your own wounds, it will it will have a direct effect on her and healing of hers. Mm. And so with what you're talking about in light of spiritual direction and this call to an awareness of God's movement in our life and to becoming more whole people, I see how that can help us be more whole people for those children in our life. So that has that direct effect on who they are and who they can grow into being. Yeah, it just transcends um, every aspect of our life. Yeah. Like when when we choose God and choose to slow down, it can it can be amazing so that we become more whole and more peaceful and more loving in every context. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would say as parents, that is often the thing that we let go of. Like we, we take care of our children intensely and deeply when sometimes taking care of ourselves and our own spiritual journey um, could actually offer us more fruit. Yeah. And more directly affect um, taking care of them. Yeah. What a beautiful thought. Yeah, it really does. It, it impacts um, our work as catechist as well. You know, one of the things I learned early on as a formation leader is that the best thing I can do for the, the catechist in front of me is help them receive this deeply. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Help them as individuals. Like a lot of times a conversation wants to go to the how-to question, like how do I do this presentation? How, you know, why do I use these materials? When what's more important to me as their formator is can you receive this as a gift to yourself? Mm-hmm. And those are both important. I'm not diminishing the importance of the how-to. I'm just saying one of the beauties of our work is that we form adults. Like that's the difference in what we do. Well, Autumn, on a more practical note in regards to spiritual direction, for anybody who doesn't really who's never experienced spiritual direction or might be interested in it, could you speak into what does it look like? What is it like a spiritual direction session look like? Yeah. So usually um, it begins with a quiet moment or a prayer. And then I just invite my directee to tell me where the action is in their life. Like what's going on? Where's the most energy? Um, And sometimes it's something really sad and challenging, something that needs to be discerned, or it can also be this beautiful experience of savoring what's happening and really being able to look at how God is moving and how that movement is bringing forth so much fruit and so much life. I never know, you know, I don't direct the conversation. Uh-huh. Um, I like to ask really deep, thoughtful questions. That's like one of my gifts to be able to ask the deeper questions. Uh-huh. I invite them to their feelings. 
And I also invite them to the wisdom of their bodies. Like, what is your body telling you about this Mm. experience? It's something that, unfortunately, we don't pay enough attention to. I think that's part of that speed thing. Like, you know, we're just moving so fast. We can't hear our bodies um, telling us what's happening. I, I just kind of, I see that as the voice of God within us. And then, you know, we end with a lovely moment of prayer or a summation. You know, I like to ask people, you know, of all the things that we've talked about today, what do you want to take with you? Like what's still shimmering? What still feels full to you? We end with a moment of prayer and, and, you know, it's just every session is different. Every individual I sit with is different. God, I have anything that I've learned like with, with great conviction is that God moves in the uniqueness of each individual. So one prayer style is not going to work for everybody. You know, one challenge is not going to be the same for everyone. It's going to be a different story each time. And I love that. I love that, that God moves in our uniqueness. And how often about should you meet with a spiritual director? Spiritual direction is, um, it's not short term like therapy or coaching would be. Spiritual direction is is a long-term relationship. And I really encourage people to find a good fit, to interview a few people, like to go sit with different spiritual directors to determine who is the best fit for you. And I, you know, I always, I like to check in with people like the third session and say, is this working for you? And I also say it would be a supreme compliment to our relationship if you'd say it's not. I want that as much as you want that, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe more. Mm -hmm. I want it to be a good fit. And how would I go about finding a spiritual director? Uh, So oftentimes um, different dioceses keeps a list of formed spiritual directors. I really want to put emphasis on the word formed. So, you know, either your parish or your diocese may have a list of uh, local spiritual directors. There's a website that you can go to, Spiritual Directors International, and there's a, um, if you're registered as a member there, as a director, an individual can search their area to look for Mm -hmm. someone. And then just pick a few and ask to do an interview with them to see if it clicks. Yes, I I really encourage that. I mean, you may know someone um, that you already know might be a good fit for you. And then you go and it feels like a good fit and you you hang out. And then, you know, it might be you're in a place where you don't know any of these people. You don't know anything about them. You haven't had a referral from a friend. Um, So I, I think that's important. I think go and sit. I've had people do that with me. I had one recently and she chose to go with someone else and I was thrilled. I mean, I think it's really important um, that the individual finds someone that they really feel good about, that they feel Mm -hmm. they can be open and safe with. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think in something as intimate as this, it's really important that um, you feel comfortable. Yeah, it is important. if, if, If you kind of not allow yourself to be fully honest with yourself or with your director that you aren't completely comfortable, I think it's going to be really hard for you to have that deep growth that you are desiring. Right. The deepest healing is spiritual. Like I think that's 
kind of a universal belief among those mm-hmm. those who are Christians. Like our deepest source of healing is going to be in the spiritual realm. Um, so it is. It's tender, sacred, intimate work um, that requires um, trust in the radical movement of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a lot in this just to kind of sit and chew on. I love the the beautiful parallels between CGS and spiritual direction and that idea that that's in a way indirectly what we are doing with the children. I think that's really beautiful. Autumn, thank you so much for sharing this. But would, before we finish, would you share, do you have a time in the atrium with children or with materials or maybe even with adults in your life that you would like to share with us? You know, I knew you were going to ask me that. So I did a little preparation. Um, <laughs> I don't know, about five years ago, I was um, in a level two atrium and we were sitting in front of um, the cynical. And in that group was this spunky little girl who always came in with, you know, her clothes disheveled, dirt on her face. Something was always going on with this little girl. Um, She's the daughter of two coaches. And one week she even came in with this giant bruise on her face. And I asked her, what happened? And she said, well, I was at my dad's football practice and one of the receivers didn't see me. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, this, this little girl was sitting in front of the cynical with the rest of the group. And we were just sitting in silence, admiring the beauty. You know, the disciples around the table, the tiny chalice and paten, the crucifix and the lit candles. And we were contemplating those beautiful words that Jesus said at the Last Supper. Take and eat. Take and drink. This is my body given for you. And then I asked another question. I said, I wonder if any of you can look around the room and find something that reminds you of this great love. This incredible love that Jesus offers at the Last Supper. And this little girl jumped up, ran across the room, and grabbed the peaceable kingdom statue, Hmm. you know, with the lion and the lamb. And she took that statue and she placed it right in front of the, the table to where you could see the Eucharist, the disciples, Jesus on the cross, and this symbol of the parousia, the moment when God will be all in all. Mm. And I just, I was so stunned. I mean, I think we stayed in silence even longer just because I was like, okay, even in graduate school, my professor who taught sacraments could not have more beautifully expressed the point of the Eucharist. 
that was rich and deep Eucharistic theology that I can still sit and meditate on and feel the energy of this little, tough little girl. <laughs> what a beautiful folding of time that she did. I know. That like typology right there. <laughs> exactly. The whole history and the mystery of time right there right. for all of us right. to behold. What wise children that we get to sit with. I know. Aren't we lucky people? <laughs> thank you so much, Autumn. Thank you for sharing that story. And thank you for sharing all of your wisdom with us. You are truly a gift. Oh, you're really most welcome. Thank you, Carrie, for all you do. Thank you all for listening. I have put Autumn's contact information for her email and her website in our show notes. And if you go to her website, you can actually schedule a complimentary spiritual direction or life coaching session. So that information is in our show notes. This podcast is sponsored by the United States Association of Catechesis of the Good Shepherd. We would like to thank all the contributing members for making this podcast possible. If you would like to know more about Catechesis of the Good Shepherd or to become a member, please go to cgsusa.org. Thank you all for listening. We will see you in two weeks. Go and fall more deeply in love with God.